0: On this week's episode of Polk and Cush, we're mixing it up. We're getting into Rich Paul and his effect on the NBA. What does it mean to be a fan of a small market? And it sucks. We've got grading the Pelicans, individual player by player. We've got, of course, overrated, underrated. We've got paying for masks. We've got what the hell happened with masks. Everything you can think of and so much more right here on Polk Catch these hands, you about to get shook. The truth is Bo-Kan-Kush. Bo-Kan-Kush, 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 Bo-Kan-Kush. To play to your the Bo-Kan-Kush everyone to Polk and Kush. It's June 3rd, 2021. We are almost halfway through the year and we are still doing this show as we cross our one year mark. Mr. Andrew Polk, how do you do today? It it's going well. This
1: is episode 53. That first episode, we were still figuring stuff out. Yeah. I had to actually watch a Pelicans game for it. I'd never <laughs> seen them before. But now it's been 53 weeks of Polk and Kush. And I would say people's lives... When we started this, their lives are better now. <laughs> Definitely. It's... It, we. You know, are there factors outside of the podcast sure. for that?
0: I don't know. Causation, correlation, hard to say. Uh, but definitely, if you were to look at the average level of happiness for the Poke and Cush listener from last June to this June, it's better. No yeah. question.
1: People have gotten, since we've started the podcast, let's go over some of the accomplishments we've had. People have gotten free money from the government. <laughs> they got a year off of work. Yeah. Some people get to work at home forever now. Yeah. Some people got a new president. <laughs> These are all pretty big wins for Polk and Kush.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, and, and when you started listening to this show, you couldn't go anywhere unless you were, you know, uh, put inside of an astronaut suit. And now you can go wherever the hell you want. I, I, have, I have officially have no masks in my car anymore. But the- I'm done. The, the mask, are, I, I'm not taking them anywhere anymore. Done. I'm out. Yeah. I had I used to have like a stack in my car and all this stuff. I was like, uh, no, we're good. We're done here. Fully vaccinated. Everybody's got it. Everybody knows. If you still, I heard they're like giving away prizes to people for still getting vaccinated. I was like, aren't we sending the wrong message here? And the guys who were first These guys are first in guys are waiting
1: it out. They're like, I want a microwave. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It's like, if I hang on long enough, maybe
0: a new car. Well, today,
1: uh, Anheuser-Busch said that if uh, we meet the 70% goal of vaccinated Americans by 4th of July, they're going to give out free beer. Wow. I don't know how. Is it like when... (laughs) There's going to be a helicopter just showering (laughs) crowds?
0: Is it going to be like the Taco Bell, like whenever there's a stolen base in the World Series, everyone gets a taco? I think so. Okay. If if the Pelicans score 100 points, you get free (laughs) fries at
1: Cane's. Yeah, that no one... Goes to. Yeah, why would you do that? Yeah.
0: Who's going to Canes and just getting fries? What kind of psychopath would you have to be?
1: I don't know. Who's,
0: I guess you will do it. Who's
1: going after a brutal Pelicans loss? <laughs> and I, I, I saved my ticket. We scored 100 points. <laughs> Lost by 40, but it's 100 points.
0: Uh, the Pelicans continue to be a uh, an enigma as far as where they're headed going forward. The most interesting thing that's come out this week, though, uh, really didn't have anything to do with them in particular. It was more of a story surrounding them. Uh, really old news. Uh, Rich Paul, if you haven't read it yet, uh, the New Yorker did a really good, thorough, I thought, uh, profile of Rich Paul. the ad- Anthony Davis' agent, LeBron James's agent, more importantly. Probably the most influential player rep in the NBA. And he said some shit that we were all thinking that he said out loud. Uh, And I thought it was a really interesting way to look at the NBA, the prism of that Rich Paul, LeBron James, and those guys view the NBA versus the prism that you and I and most of the people who listen to this podcast view the NBA are entirely different things.
1: Yeah, I think the the striking thing from the article was how uh, there was almost no... Uh, response to allegations. It was It was like very smooth, just going, yep, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's how it is now, and that's how <laughs> it's going to be. It was, I, you know, you experience several emotions reading it. You're like, this guy's an asshole. Yeah. You're like, well, this guy's kind of right. <laughs> and then you're like, I guess assholes can be right. Uh, the the story basically covers Rich Paul giving power to the players Mm -hmm. which has been a divisive issue in the nba yeah since you know the 15 plus years or however long rich paul has been uh showboating lebron around
0: yes uh for those who don't know rich paul uh is represents clutch sports he is the uh, founder at least of clutch sports i believe ceo but also the founder uh they are now one of the most popular agencies in the NBA, Lonzo Ball, who's currently on the Pelicans for at least another what, three and a half weeks. Uh, he is he uh, on Clutch, and Anthony Davis switched to Clutch, and Rich Paul right before he changed uh, and and made his trade demand. And basically, what Rich Paul's whole point uh, has been and continues to be very unapologetically is that the players are more important than the teams, and that. As the players move around, they kind of have the ultimate freedom of what they want to do. The players dictate the league. The league does not really dictate the players. And that is a flip from basically every organization that we can ever think of where our employees really aren't bigger than the employer in almost any sense It's certainly in professional sports like, you know, you saw Tom Brady change teams, but like he was with the Patriots for 20 years like these superstars the people are fans of individual teams more so than individual players and the LeBron Rich Paul kind of ethos and the way that they've thought about this and the way he sort of uh, describes this is that it's more about the players than it is the teams and I think you've got a conflict between fans and 26 markets and basically the players now at this point and how they perceive where they stand in the, in the NBA stratosphere.
1: Well, the, the fans that particularly worship celebrity star players, even uh, to a lesser degree, there are Lonzo stands out there. Yeah. There's a, a ton of crazy Lonzo accounts on Twitter. Yes. And the kind of fan that thinks that way about a certain player, they do exist, however, they're children. Yeah. Like quite literally – Um, you know, a kid buys a Steph Curry jersey, the next week he buys a Trey Young jersey, the next week he buys a whoever the Flavor of the Week jersey is. That's still money, that's still fans, that's still revenue, but I think a connection there is a big criticism of Rich Paul is that he's not very educated. He started doing this when he was 18, 19. He was selling shirts out of his trunk. Mm -hmm. I think some of that child fan mentality is completely uh, why he's treating it this way. Yeah. And why uh, he thinks that, that people are fans of the NBA players less than the teams, which I don't agree with.
0: Yeah, I think if you were to look at how the NBA's business model is built... Certainly, the star players drive a good portion of the national conversation. But when you think of the audience in general of the NBA, which includes the 30 different local television contracts, the ESPN national deal, the TNT national deal, the billions upon billions of dollars, most of the audience on a night to night basis are people who are invested in one team versus another, not one player versus another. Right. Uh, Now that's on the whole. Now to to look at the marquee and the headlines and those kinds of things is typically based around players. But it's the chase for championships. It's the chase of individual teams and individual cities. That is where most of the NBA audience lives on a daily basis. And the fact is that LeBron James has shown he doesn't really care like he switched teams three times now. That was kind of unprecedented. Say what you will about Michael Jordan and whatever like he did all that on the Bulls. You couldn't really say Michael Jordan you know was kind of a, a mercenary. He got a lot of money, but he was part of the Bulls. You could kind of make the difference between the uh, you know what LeBron is. LeBron is like, I don't care where I am. I'm going to the championship and Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan on the Bulls is yeah. going to the championship. And it is a huge difference in the way we view those two guys based a lot on that. They are different entities. And Rich Paul plays a very large role in that. But you can't just ignore that people are passionate about their teams. I think that's getting lost in the sauce of all of this in the NBA. That first and foremost, most of the audience cares about their team. And it feels like it's getting to a dangerous point in the league where they no longer give a crap about that. And then and I think that's ultimately is like there has to be a line as they have pushed this player empowerment era. And let me read a quote uh, from Rich Paul here that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, LeBron James is unapologetic and believes the decision helped other athletes take control of their careers. LeBron said you're always going to have people that are going to agree Uh, Not going to agree with something you do. At the end of the day, they can't stop you. They can't stop your path and stop your journey. I'm happy I was able to fall on the sword for the rest of the athletes to be able to feel empowered. That is a really telling quote, which is LeBron James thinks that this is the way this is going now. Like, I'm going to do what I want to do. We've set the precedent in the league. The fact that James Harden is leaving with two and a half years left on his contract. The fact I'm pushing Anthony Davis out of the door. Like, the league has changed drastically in three to four years since the decision was the starting starting point, and since then it's accelerated to where they're just clustering guys together. It doesn't matter how long they're on contracts for. The only way, the only true path to a championship in most of these guys' minds, is by teaming three and four superstars, all stars together, and it is like, you know, you in whatever city, be damned. I don't care that you root for that team. It doesn't make any difference to me. The fact that you're a rocket season ticket holder, no one gives a shit about you. Like you are you're, you're to the side. This is all about the players deciding what they want to do and no one can stop them. And that's where, the league would have to step in and do something. I don't think the league is going to step in and do something.
1: No, and uh, to go back to that LeBron James quote, I felt like there was very something like setting up. It was very Trumpy in the way he said, I'm the one that fell on the sword. (laughs) That's definitely going to come back whenever he's not in the league anymore and can admit that he's a part owner of Clutch. Definitely. And can say, hey, I'm the motherfucker that did this. This is my company. Yeah. And then, you know. Rich Paul's going to have information about Hillary Clinton, and we'll never hear from him
0: again. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it's, it is. It's, it's a very—and look, like Trump in a lot of ways, his narcissism is somewhat founded. Donald Trump became the president of the freaking United States after we all called him an idiot and an asshole for however long. Like, it, there is—there's a truth behind the the— You know, the narcissism.
1: LeBron is the greatest athlete to have ever played in the NBA. And the most influential. Yeah, and then he takes pictures reading page one
0: of books. (laughs) He's a douchebag, you know? (laughs) Like, it's not that he's not a douchebag, but he's also that. Uh, Another part of this that I found uh, really interesting, they quoted an anonymous GM in the league. And I thought this was, like, the quote that distilled a lot of this for me. It said, quote, Player empowerment is a catch-all for the fact that the league has done a terrible job of empowering teams. Players have all of the leverage in every situation. I think it's the worst thing that's ever happened in professional sports at all levels. Whoa. Uh, and then Bamani Jones said, the NBA has a problem, which is it's got some bad real estate. They put a lot of teams in places that young black men don't want to live. So this is what they're saying now. It's like, if you live, if you have a team in 20 plus of these cities, Unless you get he means Indiana, yeah. Right? <laughs> Unless you yeah. get Giannis, or you build the Spurs, like you're kind of screwed. Or you happen to draft Nikola Jokic in the second round, whatever. Like the league is no longer tailored. Is no, it, it's not built at all on a level of competitive balance. I think they've thrown that idea completely out. Right. That is it's. And I guess it wasn't really there in the 80s and it wasn't really there in the 90s. But there was a time where it did feel like at the start of a season that you could build a championship team just based on how good your front office was and not as much on where your front office yeah, is. The and real, that doesn't feel like it's like, true anymore.
1: Is there going to have to be an NBA tourism board where it's like, <laughs> actually, you should move to Memphis. Here's why. <laughs> yeah. And you can't, you're asking 18-year-olds to say, where do you want to live? 18-year-olds have heard of four places. Yeah. They've heard of Miami, mm-hmm. they've heard of Miami, <laughs> they've heard of New York, and they've heard of Los Angeles. Those are the four places. They're going to go, uh, well, I've never been anywhere. Yeah. I guess I'll go to
0: <laughs> But New they're, York. You know, they're all super rich guys who have the ability to do whatever they want, and now they've been able to push these front offices. The James Harden thing really to me broke the mold of all this. We can all blame LeBron. And he started it and he and Rich Paul is definitely the the mouthpiece of it. And the Anthony Davis trade in a lot of ways set the table for it. But James Harden had like two and a half years left on his deal. The Rockets had zero desire to trade him. They were building the entire franchise around him. They did whatever he wanted to do, completely lived off the whims of him. And then he just decided one day he couldn't win a championship in Houston based on the way that his team was set up. And that he was going to just tank it until he got out of there, and they traded him for a bag of dog shit, and there was nothing the Rockets could do about it. They were either going to play with a complete malcontent who was going to be an asshole and didn't care about being an asshole about it, or you have to trade him for, you know, 5% of what he's actually worth. And at least the Pelicans got a pretty decent haul in return. The Rockets got nothing. And I think that's going to be more the future of these deals is like when you have an unhappy star who wants out, he's just going to go. And there's nothing you can do about it.
1: Well, yeah, when you put it like that, it seems like the Pelicans, you know, potential picks might seem pretty good in three or four years. And it's going to be a completely different landscape again. Interesting thing with Harden, like, no, he wasn't the first person to do that, but he was the first person to visibly not give a fuck. Yeah, well, <laughs> A.D. in
0: is half season also yeah. tonight. When the Pelicans <laughs> didn't want to play him and he didn't want to play, that was pretty bad. But yes, Harden's was the first where it was like, I'm going into operation shutdown until you trade. That's a, I mean, that's, that's just bad. That's and we're gonna, bad for everyone. So now
1: there's been... Three seasons in a row with that exact scenario happening. with Yeah. Somebody, yeah. It's going to keep happening. Of course, it's going to keep gonna be happening. More and more teams. Yeah. And there's going to be
0: four teams in the NBA that people give a fuck about. <laughs> exactly. And what's crazy is when you we had this conversation and we are obviously hand wringing a little bit about it. And because and you you see the writing on the wall, I guess. But really, when you look at the playoffs right now, Utah is the one seed. Phoenix is the two seed. You've got Philly on the other side. Really, the only team that's like a super team that's still really like in the championship picture is Brooklyn. And, you know, the Warriors aren't in there. The Lakers, I mean, are. when you're listening to this, they might be eliminated depending if Anthony Davis comes back. Like, it doesn't feel like it's impossible to do it the other way. But it feels like the deck is stacked so far against you in the other direction.
1: Yeah. Well, people aren't even concerned about the seeding in the playoffs now because the regular season doesn't mean anything and these teams are saving it for the postseason. Yeah. Los Angeles, if healthy, would be everybody's number one seed, whether they knew it or not. They were the
0: favorites in the West, betting wise.
1: Yeah, that you know, so what's is it are the players just making the NBA more and more useless? Mm Mm-hmm are they going to walk all of the fans away and no one's going to give a shit? Yeah. If- in New Orleans, barely anyone gives a shit as it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know the market in Memphis and Indiana and Charlotte, these small towns. You got football options mm-hmm. in all these places and people like football a lot. Yeah. And, you know, pol- like, you've already divided a lot of fans with a lot of political statements. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what Rich Paul promotes is being political and being themselves, which I think they should be. It, they should.
0: They have every right to have, do all of this. They have every right to do it. They should be absolutely. pushing for their own interests. The question is, is there a governor, like not owner, we, we will still call them owners because that is the stupidest fucking term to say for owners. Is there some person in charge of dialing that back? Is there a, a counterforce to the players just doing literally whatever they want.
1: Well, what is the counterforce going
0: to be? Money? No, that's one, penalties. Yeah. You know, I don't know. The league has to set something up. To keep some of this stuff from happening, and I don't know if they had the ability to do it because yeah, the money is so much.
1: There's not going to be NBA socialism. Like they're, there's, they're not able to put in a place of up. Oh, well, Charlotte hasn't been good in a while. You know, the draft is that.
0: Yeah, the NFL can do it. Yeah, the NFL turns it over, and if you get a good quarterback, all of a sudden you're a good team. And like even baseball, if you get draft high enough for a long enough time, you're pretty much going to build a good minor league system as long as you're not a bunch of morons. The, the solution, NBA is brutal, man. The
1: solution to this is uh, high-speed rail travel <laughs> <laughs> from every city in the country to go to New York or L.A. or Miami. Get just, th- get from Indiana to Miami in, in three hours. Should we
0: just put 10 teams in each of those? God, <laughs> is this becoming an this? idea?
1: Is Elon Musk going to save the NBA <laughs> with light speed rails?
0: Just put seven teams in San Francisco, seven teams in, in Los Angeles, seven in Miami, seven in New York, and then we'll keep two in Texas. Keep the, keep the team
1: names, though. It's just the New Orleans Pelicans yeah. now play out of Los Angeles. Yeah,
0: like they're in Orange County. Sure. Yeah.
1: We That's, can go to the arena and watch. Watch it on TV.
0: Would it be that much different? <laughs> <laughs> Would people here notice? Uh, I mean, the the meatiest part for me of this whole thing was really what he he got in. Uh, I mean, he was pretty. Rich Paul was pretty open about the Anthony Davis thing. Yeah. It- uh, he pushed him straight up. He also called the Lakers we at one point in the interview.
1: Which he does have six players in the Lakers. So, <laughs> so I, I get that. Happens. But he also has lots of other players, yes. too.
0: He's the most uh, influential player representative who's basically working for one guy.
1: Well, he yeah, he was working uh, the Mendelssohn guy or whatever his name was. Yeah. He was like, what did you learn at CAA? And he said, yeah. nothing. I learned <laughs> absolutely nothing. Rich Paul said, <laughs> yeah. I learned nothing at CAA their guy was like you know that we're like recording right now he's like yeah i know <laughs> i learned nothing
0: it was great And there's people
1: lined up to give this guy money hey you don't know anything
0: yeah sounds good yeah it's hey it speaks to the power of rich paul <laughs> man and and look god bless him yeah. okay i'm uh, i'm impressed i he's uh, a smart person he's a smart yeah business
1: owner he's he obviously knows who his market is and he knows what he's doing. It's just will it completely bankrupt the sport yeah. and destroy it forever? Yeah.
0: Or is it a short-term gain for LeBron and Rich Paul that is also on the other hand sort of ruining the NBA when he's gone? And that's a question that I don't think they can answer and that I don't know if they really care about because, you know, you've got the similar agent in Drew Rosenhaus in the NFL and you've got a similar agent, Scott Boris in Major League Baseball like these guys exist. They're power hungry and they're going to push their advantage anytime they have the opportunity and they don't really give a shit about the long term implications of it. But uh he, he definitely feels like he's got a shield uh, around him and a little bit of a bubble. Uh, it is. But. The Anthony Davis thing really is striking because I love this story because of how honest Rich Paul is, and he does not give a shit. Uh, I asked Rich, this is from the writer, I asked Paul what he would say to a fan who believes that once an athlete signs a contract, he owes it to the team to finish it out. Quote, that would normally be called a casual fan. Casual fan doesn't understand the layers that come with it. I asked him about his early conversations with Davis when leaving New Orleans. I educated him on why he thought the team wouldn't be... He paused. All athletes are competitive and confident (laughs) until reality sets in. And I educated him on things. You either need your team, a winning mix of players in place, or you need flexibility, assets, money, and the ability to make decisions. And more importantly, the willingness to pay the tax.
1: All athletes are confident until I talk them out of being confident.
0: (laughs) This ain't money, Paul, he said. Yeah. So he basically... LeBron was like, go sign Anthony Davis. Or LeBron told Anthony Davis, go sign with Rich. And then Rich basically told him, get the fuck out of New Orleans. They're never going to pay the luxury tax. You're never going to win at a high level. And let's demand our way out of town right now. And I can do everything, and you just kind of stand there and look like an idiot. Like you don't know what's going on. Here's a Looney Tune shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a Looney Tune shirt. Yeah. And uh, that's the NBA right now, man. And you want to know why people... Uh, Are skeptical or whatever. I mean, it is every time one of these things happens, you lose at least a portion of fans. And maybe the next generation of fans doesn't grow up like we did with teams as being the most important thing. No, the next generation's
1: watching people play NBA 2K. Yeah. Not watching even real teams.
0: Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, they literally might just like it doesn't matter what jersey the guy is wearing as he bounces around, that's who you watch and that's who you want to win and nothing else really matters. And I find that to be, like, insane. But look at Kevin Durant, man. He's gone to three teams now and he's got a huge fan base and, like, nobody seems to really hold it against him to the level that you would think. He's just bouncing in free agency every time. I think
1: people do hold him to it, especially on Twitter. Yeah, maybe. He's just got so many burner accounts that he can reply to all of (laughs) them.
0: But it's just, I I do feel like that's going to be a generational divide of like, we grew up on Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was a Chicago Bull. He won a bunch of championships. Guys who liked Michael Jordan liked the Bulls. It was like what it was. And now it's not that anymore like it's just so totally different it's not just the changing teams it's the manipulation and the complete you know ownership of the nba and that's they press the advantage they have and i credit them for that but is it good for the nba and its fans and the general public I don't think so. I think people should be fans of teams. But that's just how we grew up, and that is obviously different than how a lot of other guys are going to
1: grow up. Yeah, maybe it's just an antiquated viewpoint. We're getting old. Yeah. You know, I, I could see the, the league, when it comes to money, they're going to make the best decision for themselves. Maybe eventually it does get to, hey, there's four spots where all the teams are, and then the way to get people in New Orleans to be a fan is maybe some kind of sponsorship. Like Zataran sponsors Zion. And sure, he plays in Los Angeles, but it's less of like the Los Angeles. It's just the Lakers. The Lakers. Yeah, exactly. It's like slam ball. You put them all in the same city and they just drive from in. And then you just cheer for the guy, you know, with the moon pie sponsorship or whatever.
0: It does just feel like there is a minor league. And now the problem in New Orleans has been mismanagement. Okay. A lot of it has been very self-inflicted. They should be better than they are. At the same time, it is uh, a very stark reality of what the NBA is facing going forward. I think you're going to have to just reckon with the fact that people are going to grow up. The teams are not as important. The jersey. People were like shocked that somebody threw something at Kyrie Irving for stomping on the logo. Like, why does anyone care about a logo? I'm like, because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You're supposed to. We're people are fans. They're psychopaths. This is what you've. You've bred into human beings. They take these logos very seriously and they wrap their self-esteem around it. It doesn't make any sense. But it's what it is. Yeah. And it's like people, now. People get tattoos. Yeah. Like these, logo <laughs> these logos. are losers. Yeah. It's like people have Vols logos. People
1: have Detroit lion tattoos. Exactly.
0: And it's like people dress up like a lion and stand in front they, of like. They work
1: on a tugboat for five years. They spend <laughs> all of their money that they've ever made <laughs>
0: on one ticket. And when they go there.
1: Yeah. They might throw a bottle at you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and and it's not like-
0: good. It's terrible. We obviously we think it's, you know, you shouldn't be throwing shit at players. But it's like the the reaction of like, I can't believe these fans feel it's like, yeah, the logo means something to them. Like that's what sports was supposed to be was you cared about the team and then as the team changed, you still stuck with them. And now I think that's just gonna be a very different concept in the NBA. I think it was funny everybody like complaining about the Curry
1: the, the not the curry, the Kyrie bottle throwing incident, or also the same people turn around and go, this NBA's soft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's because nobody's fucking throwing bottles at him. <laughs> Look, if you want a malice in the palace every few years yeah. to remind the fans, like, hey, we'll fuck you up. Yeah. That can happen. I really <laughs> wish they had just
0: let Russell Westbrook just run up into the stands and beat the ever-living shit out of that guy. would have been great. I mean, he would have just mauled him to death. Oh. He was so pissed.
1: What Do you think Zion would have just eaten the popcorn? <laughs> he
0: <should've> caught it. <laughs> <laughs> like it was a Mardi Gras parade. Hey, <laughs> can can I have that? some more? <laughs> fans are wild now
1: some dude ran on the floor in philadelphia and was tackled near dwight howard it's nuts don't run towards the largest one
0: (laughs) (laughs) but do you remember like in baseball a couple years ago like somebody like beat the shit out of the uh the first base coach for the white Sox? like they've had outfielders get beat up before it's very rare this is like a very compacted string of really weird incidents all occurring are people just just overflowing with being at
1: home for a year and that- they're like, I'm gonna go to a game. Yeah. I'm gonna steal <laughs> someone's <laughs> shoes. I'm going to throw some goobers at them.
0: Yeah, they're going to charge me $12 for a drink to get my money's worth. Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> bottle of water was $8. bucks. i am going to use it as a weapon.
1: Was it a full bottle? Because that's the difference between an attempted homicide. <laughs> as they said, it was an assault delivering. with a deadly weapon. That depends on the amount of water in the bottle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was there cyanide in the bottle? Like I don't I get, you know, you try to moral hazard it, but it was uh, the whole thing's been very intense. The NBA is in a very weird place. Uh, I think that's very obvious. I found if you haven't read this New Yorker piece, I highly recommend it. It does. It's long, uh, but it is really well written and good uh, and does bring up a lot of interesting questions. Uh, Anyway, we'll take a quick break. Uh, We're going to come back and and get deeper into the Pelicans themselves. We're going to go through, make some grades for this roster, uh, go player by player. Uh, and kind of discuss what we've got on this Pelicans roster as we move into the firmest part of the offseason. then, of course, Polk News, overrated, underrated, the worst. You know what you got here. Right here, Polk and Kush.
1: Jansen Batagna. French Quarter Realty's finest. Jansen Patagna. Batagna. Showing houses all over the greater New Orleans area. I'm telling you, all these places are beautiful. We can't even name an address in the show because they're selling so quick. Jansen, J-A-N-S-E-N, at FQR.com. Find him on Instagram, J underscore Patagna. He posts beautiful houses, even if you're not looking for one. Follow him. You can get ideas for your house. You can start standing Jansen. (laughs) Yes, he's the best one to stand. You can Stanson Jansen. That's
0: a new, yes. Hashtag.
1: Yeah, he's changing the username as we speak.
0: (laughs) Stanson Jansen. Uh, He has every single house in New Orleans, basically. He might have every house in America at this point. Jansen Patagna has a wealth of knowledge about the area. He understands what's going on. He very much is in tune with the market. You think you know about the market? You don't know anything about the market. What you don't know about the market, Jansen knows everything, all right? He's forgotten more than you've ever learned. So just call him.
1: Give him a call. Just
0: just email him, J-A-N-S-E-N at F-Q-R dot com. He will... Return your emails. He will answer your phone calls. Zero emojis in the email. Strictly business. No poop emojis. None. Nothing. No, uh, you know, the uh, monkey with his eyes closed one. Yeah. None of those. No zucchini. Yeah, he's not going to pretend he's not there. It's going to be a real response from a real person who gets real shit done. Jansen Patagna, realtor to the stars. If you need a home in this area, you are a dumbass if you don't call Jansen. Fair? That, that's trademarked. <laughs> Just call him. Give him a call. Follow him on
1: Instagram. Tell him Polk and Kush sent you. I don't know what else there is to say. I think that's it. If you guys haven't worked with Jansen yet, I, you're beyond help. We can't help you. Look, if you buy a house with Jansen, we'll give you a free T-shirt. That's There we go.
0: <laughs> so... Jansen Patagna, J A N S E N, at FQR.com, the king of New Orleans real estate. We're going to list them out for you,
1: ranking the Pelicans. <laughs>
0: how do you like that fail fail (laughs) fail uh so this is just a quick exercise as we go into this off season we've kind of discussed i feel like we've kind of touched on everybody but we've never really given just like a firm opinion on where we stand on every single player on this roster i think we have yeah (laughs) (laughs) they all stink so let's, (laughs) let's just give a firm ranking player by player of what we think about every single one of these guys, and then if you think that we suck worse than the players, please comment on our Twitter. Yeah, Polk give and us Coach. ratings. Exactly. We're
1: not absolved from
0: criticism. Yeah. Per- Although I would prefer to av- avoid it. <laughs> no, I mean, I thrive <laughs> off of it, quite frankly. All right, let's get started. Uh, Zion Williamson, where would you gra- where would you grade Zion Williamson? He's number one. Give him an A-. minus. A minus, I think that's pretty close. I was going to go with a solid A. While he has the ability to get better, because his defense obviously is not there yet, uh, I don't think there's anything more you could really ask for him, but he's not perfect yet. So therefore, I'd give him an A. Yeah,
1: it's solely based on defense. Um, We saw his health and conditioning wasn't even an issue uh, this season. Nobody questioned you know, him being out of shape or looking bad or anything. Yeah. The, the numbers uh, shut us
0: up good on that. Yes, not a fat guy. Um, Brandon Ingram. I'd give Brandon Ingram a B to B minus. I probably generously I'll give him a B. He's good. He's not great, but he's good. And at the contract value, it's worse, but I think he's a solid, good player and not much more right now. I'm going to give him a B but if
1: it if it was that b is because of last season rolling into the season so quickly sure otherwise it would probably be a b minus mm-hmm. for bi
0: yeah <laughs> his, his defense stanks the big one uh, all right who's next lonzo ball lonzo ball i'm going to give a c plus i don't like a lot about lonzo's game but there's enough there to where it's like you know, you're not you're not on the cusp of failing. No. And you're a little above average, but you're not a lot above average. I'm gonna give Alonzo a C and that C
1: stands for ceiling because <laughs> it's right there.
0: <laughs> the average ceiling is just pressed <laughs> upon the top of that head.
1: But I could also I can absolutely see Lonzo, you know, going to the Knicks, going to the Bulls, yeah. and becoming a one time all star. So that sounds right. I think that, that's about his ceiling. I'm sure that'll happen. Yeah.
0: Steven Adams. Crikey. I didn't. I did not like Steven Adams this season for the most part. I give him a C minus. Uh, I'm probably
1: going to give him a solid C. Yeah. Just for the rebounding, which. As I've noted before, was mostly because Josh Hart wasn't out there. Sure. So I should really be giving Josh Hart the higher grade.
0: Eric Bledsoe. Oh, I mean, is it an F or an F minus? Do you have F minus? Is there a NA? He he stinks, and he was really bad. And and if he's still on the team next year, I mean, that was a debacle of a move to end up getting him. I would give. I guess an F would be. I think I think F is the way to go.
1: His shot disappeared. There were bizarre moments where he was entrusted with final shots in games that mattered. Yeah. And just as a slap in the face to all Pelicans fans, played the most minutes out of any (laughs) player on the team this season. My God, does does the Lord hate the New Orleans Pelicans. (laughs) I'm glad he was healthy, but
0: do it on another team. Yeah. Uh, Josh Hart. I give Josh Hart a solid B minus. His shooting stinks, but he's such a fantastic rebounder, and he actually showed up to play basically every night.
1: I love Josh Hart. I want to give him an A. I know that's probably too high. Yeah. So I'm going to give him a B.
0: He gives a shit. Which is, it's such a low bar in any other team, in any other sport. And on the Pelicans, you're like, Hey. Well, he, doesn't, <laughs> That's he huge. doesn't
1: get the credit he deserves. He played 27, 28 minutes a game. Those are starter numbers. True. Um, I don't think he's a bad shooter. Um, he's, he's a modified version of Russell Westbrook, a worse version of Russell Westbrook. That's what I was. <laughs> I wasn't going to use the <laughs> negative vernacular. I was just going to say he's built different than Westbrook. It's fair, but it's, that's you know that's a comparison for him. It's very open-minded. If, of you. if the Pelicans had three Josh Hart's on their team, yeah, you probably have a lot fewer problems. You probably have a lot fewer losses than Minnesota. Absolutely. Oh, this one's going to be bad, JJ. JJ
0: gets a F. Yeah, he's an F. That Absolutely. was he stunk. No need to waste time. Nicolo no. Melli gets an F, F camp. F minus. <laughs> <laughs> he sucked what's, ass. What's, what's the about in your language? He, he was he was an S A for sucked <laughs> ass. <laughs> Nikhil, uh, Nikhil moved from probably a D to a C plus. On the second half of the season. That's exactly what I'm going with. Okay. Second half. And you know what?
1: It was a trending upward C+. Plus. Yeah. Could have easily been... What what comes after C+, plus? I didn't go to school? B-? Minus? <laughs> B-. minus. Yeah. Yeah. Could have easily been that. If he Did your stayed. mom give you grades? Huh? Did your mom give you grades? It's a smiley face that, uh, <laughs> or a frowny face. Pancakes was you passed. Yeah. Gruel was you Fruit failed. Fruit was I failed. That's why
0: I have scurvy.
1: Jackson <laughs> Hayes.
0: Uh oh, that's a that's probably the toughest one, right? Because he got a lot better, but he went. Did he go from like a thirty to a sixty, or did he go from a a, a thirty to a a seventy? That's hard to say. He that's a huge gap. He you know?
1: definitely went from one of the worst players in the league that yeah. we're seeing significant minutes. Yeah. Too competent. Yeah. Um, Not quite B-level. I don't want to say C-level, but I'll be generous and give him a C-. Minus. Yeah,
0: I would say a D-plus. It's not a grade they like to give out. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I think a D-plus is probably where I'd put Jackson. And, and that's with, again, same with Nikhil, that trend line moving in the yeah, right direction. He's
1: move, I'm fine with Jackson at the end of the season. The
0: problem was he still wasn't closing most of these games, even at the end of the year, which I think... People sort of overlook where it's like, yeah, they're still playing Billy Hernan Gomez over him at the end of the game. That's not great. And going into Billy. Uh, Billy gets a B. He was good. What? He was for what he was, which is a replacement level big guy. He played well. A B just role. sounds so good. It does well. He met expectations. How's that sound? All right. So the B is on a sliding it's scale. It's totally sliding. Yeah, he's okay. not. Yeah, you know, and and these are all. He's based- almost as good as Zion. <laughs> these are so he's yeah. Playing. He's the same as Brandon Ingram. <laughs> 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 no, these are all based on the value and the expectation level that you have brought. Yes, not the overall grade, because otherwise it'd be an A, a B, and like 19 Fs.
1: C. Mm-hmm. So he's fine. So he's passing. That's average. Yeah, that's, that's average. probably that's
0: probably closer to what he was. He just was better than I was expecting him to be, considering he didn't play for the first like six that's weeks true. of the season. I knew who the fuck
1: he was. Yeah,
0: we're like, oh, this is the guy they've had on the bench while well, you guys are losing every game.
1: And then we've got Kyra Lewis rounding out the squad. That's the toughest one. Yeah, so, we're, we're missing a few people. Yeah, we're missing a few.
0: Winyan Gabriel... Yeah, most guys who were either... James, Johnson. uh, Guys
1: that won't, were on the team for five minutes. Yeah, the
0: the very end when everyone got hurt, they finally got in the rotation. Uh, I I would say he's the hardest guy to grade, uh, Kyra, because he's a rookie, so he gets uh, kind of a different thing. He did things that were fun to watch, but at the same time, he was not particularly... He was bad defensively, and he didn't shoot it all that well, but like... I didn't dislike Kyra's season. I think I mostly enjoyed when he was on the floor. I'd give him a C-. If we're going by the scale, great effort,
1: just like Josh Hart. Yeah. Incredibly fun to watch. Yeah. He's still a rookie, so
0: he's still happy to be there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he seemed to give a shit every time he was on the floor. B+. Plus. Okay. That's fair, too. I can see both of those. Right, He was just not good. He was not... Um,
1: he was not gumming up the works.
0: No, he didn't make things worse, yeah. but he also did not make things. He wasn't great. So anyway, that was our very uh, I just thought that was good to get our our everybody out there. We know where we all stand with everyone. Uh, that is you grading the Pelicans. And that is our ability to not have to talk about the Saints this week. Absolutely nothing. Uh, let's just hop right into segments. Let's go. Overrated. 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 Underrated. Underrated.
1: Underrated, overrated, you know the drill. Kush, you want to kick us off? Yeah, I kind of forgot what I had written down, though. Mm.
0: Overrated (laughs) women. Is that what it says? Just women in power. (laughs) 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 Um, um, My overrated, you're starting to see them come out. They they crop up from the weeds uh, when it gets to be summertime. The Yeti Cooler. The Yeti cooler and Yeti merchandise, uh, keeping things cool. It costs three hundred dollars for this cooler, <laughs> unless you are backpacking with the Survivor Man uh, and you're going to spend months where you need to keep fish cold. I don't understand why you need a three hundred dollar cooler. An igloo is like twenty five bucks. It does ninety five percent of the job. at The 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 Yeti does. It's like, oh, it doesn't keep the ice cubes. Like, how long are you going places? Like, unless you're deep sea fishing, where are you going that you need to keep the ice still being ice cubes on day three of your excursion? (laughs) Just replace the goddamn ice. You can get a bag of crazy cubes for 11 cents. Like, just get new ice. Don't buy a $300 cooler. And then, of course, you have to have the Yeti koozie with the Yeti uh, you know, coffee mug and the Yeti hat and the, you know, ass chaps, whatever it is. It's like <laughs> such a, uh, a brand. It's like the vineyard vines of of keeping shit cool. And once it starts to get hot, you really start to see all of it pop up into the wild. And I just find the entire thing to be overrated. I think it's the first actual overrated I've gotten right in quite some time. Perfect. I it, love it. People like Yeti stuff, and I think it's overrated. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeti is FUBU for white people.
0: <laughs> it's a, it's
1: about the brand. Like, I totally get what you're saying. I completely agree. Yeah. People are buying it just for that name, Yeti. Uh-huh. Because there's, like, another one at Target called, like, Sasquatch or whatever. Yeah, no, no one wants <laughs> that's that. It's the same fucking thing. You're never going to see some
0: guy wearing a Sasquatch hat. I or an, you, you never wear an igloo hat. I well, Actually, yeah. should get that. I should wear an igloo hat around. <laughs> I like that you <laughs> name-dropped a brand of ice. Crazy Cube. Oh, great. well,
1: that's the realest <laughs> ice cube. They're going to be a sponsor <laughs> next week. I weekend. couldn't name an ice cube <laughs> if you asked me to other than Sonic Ice. Yeah, the
0: polar bear ice.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of ice. This is absurd. <laughs> People also like the Yeti uh, thermoses. That seems to have a more practical use than the ice chest. Fair, because the the coffee you know gets cold and
0: shit like that. But I'm sure those are a thousand dollars. Compare. They're probably the difference is because it says Yeti, it costs three times more. Yeah. And is it better? Yes, it is absolutely better. But it's not better enough to something that you would ever need. Yeah. Like how long do you need hot coffee to stay hot? How long are you drinking a cup of coffee You're for? You're taking a boat out.
1: And on Caney Lake to drink twelve natty lights. Yeah, exactly. It's you like, don't need it to be cold forever. Right? Yeah,
0: it's like unless you think the power is going out in your home and you need it for a week because you live in like a shit box of a city where the power just randomly goes out for yeah. days on end. I don't know who would live in such a place. It's ludicrous. Uh, but I just don't understand why it's such a it's such a lifestyle brand, man. People love the Yeti cooler. Let's just invest in igloos, guys. Get six igloos. For the cost of half the Yeti Cooler. I like it. Here for you. What you got, Pope?
1: Uh, overrated dating. Specifically <laughs> dating apps. You don't like women anymore? I'm too old, man. Yeah. I turned 36 uh-huh. last week. How'd that go? Well, I'm here. Ale was beautiful? I did go to Ale. Had the birthday party at Ale. Shout out to them. Killing it, Pat. They did close at 11. I was like, come on, I'm a VIP. <laughs> I'm like, Get the fuck out. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> No, the podcast. And they threw me out. Go
0: to visions, loser. I had
1: a really good time. Uh, dating at 36 is just a sham. I'm going to have to create a wife, I think. <laughs> just, mail yeah. mail owner? Just say, like, oh, she lives in Canada, and she's a <laughs> foot model. But because of the coronavirus, so many will see each other or talk yeah. to each other. And I have no <laughs> photos of her. I'm on the I'm on dating apps, which yeah. is embarrassing. Very embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um the profiles on there. Two years ago every every woman's profile on there was I like burritos and imagine dragons. Mm-hmm. And now every profile is you should kill the police. A <laughs> cab. All li I'm like, I don't wanna <laughs> do this. I just wanna get coffee with a woman that does not look like Pat Noswald. Can I do that? But that's the thing. All these you have to pay to see women that don't have horns. Some people I know love the dating app. They're swiping through it. They're yeah. meeting up with these goblins yeah. in alleyways and Wendy's trash cans and all the places where you go, meet yeah. someone off the internet. I can't do. I can't do this.
0: Someone in my I've op- got to retire. Yeah, dude,
1: I think it's you know hang, hang the jersey in the Raptors. I mean, I put up good numbers, <laughs> but I think
0: the time is just <laughs> the clock has run out. Someone in my office came up to me and showed me and was like, "Are you are you on Hinge or whatever dating app it was?" I was like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, I've been married my entire life, basically. I was no, like, yeah, "Of course you? I'm on." Yeah. There. I was like, "What are you talking about?" And she showed me a picture. And it was one of my friends, and they had me in their dating profile picture. I was like, this is entrapment. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like I'm being pinched here. I was like, this is not good. Uh, So anyway, if you see me on a dating app, swipe right. Swipe right, because he's a nice guy. (laughs) Right's the good one. I, uh, yeah, I hope all that guy's messages are, ooh, who's your friend? (laughs) Who's the bald guy? (laughs) Who's the sweaty guy with the red cheeks? (laughs) Who's the guy eating chili in the background? Uh, All right, that'll take us into underrated. ESPN 3 is the shit. I don't know if you've had a chance to flip around the dial this week was going to be a great opportunity for ESPN three to flex its muscles because the NCAA baseball tournament is starting. Uh, generally this thing is awesome. There's a thousand games on every school is basically broadcasting their own stuff during the conference tournaments last week. I swear at one point on like a Thursday morning at eight thirty AM there was like 16 baseball games on. I was like, this is incredible. Like, what a dream come true for teenage Scott, who only all he wanted to do was just sit at home and watch sports all day. And now you can. And now it's a dream come true for grown-up gambling, Scott. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's so many games on ESPN3. I don't love the interface of it, but it really is incredible. that They've managed to get, like, I don't know how much money Disney spent on these rights. I can't imagine some of these conferences cost more than, like, you know, a hundred bucks. Yeah, they're showing DeVry, Trump University, <laughs> Phoenix Online. They're literally showing the Atlantic Ten. Shout out to listener Jack Gooding, who was sitting by himself at the Atlantic Ten tournament <laughs> at ten o'clock in the morning. Hey, Chef's kiss him a move out there as we says he got inside the camera range. I mean, there's these tournaments, zero people at these games. And uh, and yeah, there they are, nine o'clock. Because not in the basketball tournament, which moves pretty quickly. You know every basketball game is gonna be like two, yeah. two and a half hours. Baseball games can last like four and a half hours. They have no idea, so they have to start at the ass crack of dawn to make sure they get it in before midnight. (laughs) (laughs) So these games are going all day. ESPN 3, I I love it. I think I'm going to be watching a lot of it this week uh, with the the baseball tournament starting and the Vols uh, very much in the hunt. Awesome. Well, there are 5,000
1: teams in the regionals right now. Yes.
0: So... You can
1: root for somebody.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're pretty excited for the dogs. Yeah, yeah. You They're watch a take lot of down games. Rider, <laughs> like, <"Whoa>,
1: who? who? <laughs> <laughs> I wish LSU had gone there. That would have been crazy at Chili's.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine the scene in Ruston if LSU was the, like it? Like those guys would have had to really decide. Yeah. Oh, they, they, they would they, have
1: had to take the LSU license plates off their truck <laughs> yeah. and go, All right, this is where I actually went. Yeah, it's like... and i be all right, this is where I actually <laughs> went. <He-huh>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you said it, not me. Yeah, I did say it. Uh, they don't know what a fucking podcast <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, what'd you got, Paul. Underrated, and this is along the cush side of what I consider underrated. Okay, it's not really under. It's whatever Taco Tuesday. I'm saying it's underrated okay. because one, LeBron made it stupid. The Taco Tuesday stuff is dumb. Fair. However, I think most people forget that this is basically Cinco de Mayo every week. Yeah, you can go to Mister Tequila's on, <laughs> which is not as bad. as They have a horrible name. It's a bad name, but. They have dollar tacos every Tuesday. The one on Ferret? Yeah. Oh, nice. And a lot of places, like a lot of Mexican restaurants around here, it's Tex-Mex. They don't do the Taco Tuesday stuff. Mm-hmm. They're liars. <laughs> the, the, the cheats. <laughs> you know, me multiple times.
0: <laughs> like the Texans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Taco Tuesday. So we're not saying tacos are underrated we're saying taco tuesday
1: no one really goes hey it's taco tuesday let's let's go get some tacos you know you've got stir friday you've got (laughs) whataburger wednesday everybody's (laughs) talking about them what
0: is it gumbo is on friday and red beans on monday on
1: monday start putting the taco tuesday in your routine food trucks restaurants bars start doing taco tuesday people love tacos Throw out the old food over the weekend. Put it in the taco.
0: There you go. I think it's what they do. I think it's definitely what they do. It's the garbage <laughs> truck of food. The the vestibule that is that uh, soft taco really you know erases how old the meat is. Yeah. Well, I'm the garbage truck man,
1: <laughs> so I'm gonna eat about eight of them.
0: <laughs> All right. That takes us into my favorite part of every single week on this here program, ladies and gentlemen. Hooray!
1: The worst. The worst is the worst thing I saw or read this week. This is one where you can help us out. Send us your stories, your tweets, your articles, your personal anecdotes to polk and cush at gmail.com. I'll kick us off. This is from NBC News in the Bay Area. Mendocino restaurant adds five dollar fee for customers wearing masks. <laughs> we were going heavy mask this week. Fiddleheads Cafe owner has not been shy about criticizing COVID. Yeah, Fiddleheads. That's
0: a great name. We're investing our life savings into a place. What do you want to call
1: it? Fiddleheads. Let's name it after Grandma. Fiddleheads. That's definitely a slur from World War II, right? Signs posted in the windows and at the register of Fiddleheads Cafe on Lansing Street (laughs) read, $5 fee added to orders placed while wearing a face mask. And in the fine print below that message, it adds, anyone overheard boasting about receiving a vaccine would receive another $5 charge. (laughs) That's
0: incredible.
1: (laughs) Owner Chris Castleman told NBC some customers have paid the fee. No, they haven't. No, they haven't. No one in... This this place is very close to San Francisco. Nobody that would walk up to a restaurant would see a sign saying if you're wearing a mask, it's $5, would go in. No. There's no way. No. He says that the fee ultimately is an optional donation. Yeah, to you. As it, <laughs> and then it goes to charities. Customers, sure. Customers either love it or hate it. That I agree. Mm-hmm. Except maybe with the word customer. Because if they don't purchase anything from you yeah then you're just a citizen yes you're just a thief uh, <laughs> you just stole five dollars from someone there are people who refuse to pay it i guess a five dollar donation to charity is too much for them <laughs> that's a nice little jab i give them the freedom of choice which seems to be a foreign concept in these parts of the country Ooh. i always like using the word foreign to describe what you think is an american principle <laughs> Guy doesn't really get the irony there. They had another sign posted in the restaurant that read, throw your mask in our trash can and receive 50% off your order. And (laughs) another sign that has since been removed after they received a $10,000 citation saying, get your free COVID-19 vaccine card here, along with a photocopy of what appeared to be an official COVID-19 vaccination record card. So Fiddlesticks Cafe <laughs> is now trafficking illegal bootleg COVID-19 cards. Yeah, that, I
0: think they've crossed the line there. That seems like uh, it's all fun and games until, I mean, people are like, don't take pictures with your your vaccination card. These guys are like, we'll make it for you. It's like they have the template, like in Vegas Vacation, to make the fake ID. You, know? you just hold the hold the thing up and take a picture with your face in it. <laughs> oh my God! What's the guy's name in Vegas? That's gonna kill me. What's his name? Cousin Randy? No, yeah, but his kid gets the thing. Oh my God! Mister Papa Giorgio. <laughs> there we go. It there it is.
1: Well, that's the owner of this place. <laughs> they better have a good BLT or something. It says nothing about the food.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's crazy I wonder what the Yelp reviews for this place are like right now I always find it hilarious when it's like in the Bay Area And they obviously hate like 95% of the people that live around them Oh
1: yeah people like that just love yeah. upsetting everyone That's yes. why you live there
0: Yeah And it's like no one in California likes Trump It's like yeah they do Yeah, It's like they just there's, there's a lot fewer of them <laughs> It's like but they <laughs> like him more than you like him you know? <laughs> They like him more than the people that you know that like Trump They like him more Because uh, he pisses all these people off that they hate uh, all right. So that'll move me into my worst of the week. Mine is also very uh, mask-based. Mine is less funny. Uh, Doctor Fauci's emails show him saying masks don't work against COVID. <laughs> so they basically dug through BuzzFeed and the Washington Post. Basically dug through Doctor Fauci's emails, and he essentially just said over and frickin' over again. That they don't work. And then all of a sudden, he pops up halfway through the year and is like, hey, these mess are the most important thing that we can do. And there's no difference in the evidence that's placed here. Everything about this is kind of bonkers, right? Yeah. Like, no one seems to give a shit either. All the people that liked Fauci before are like, yeah, well, this is great. That's, you know, that's this is the guy. This is our guy. And he's basically caught just red handed saying like any face mask that you use that's like put over like, you know, what you say, cloth face mask. You don't need it and it won't help you. And that's from like March and April, you know, like when this thing was spreading and we probably could have just like shot it down if everyone had kind of done what they were supposed to do early. But we didn't know because the guy was in charge of telling us what to do. Was telling us the wrong thing to do, is and he just like skates by. Isn't that that's just frustrating?
1: Is it that uh, has just like the information changed, and now he thinks or agrees or is saying that it's that it was good to wear one, or was he just saying the completely wrong thing, and then someone's like, "No, actually, you should wear a mask."
0: He was saying that he. So when you in public statements, he's always kind of maintained that. The reason he said people shouldn't wear masks is because he thought there was going to be a mask shortage yeah, for healthcare workers. Yeah. But then they were like, what if people just use their freaking T-shirt? And it turns out that uh, that would have worked just fine. Like all the cloth masks, all the bandanas, all of that kind of stuff all worked. And he was like, no. And in private emails, it wasn't like whatever. He said they're not really effective in keeping out the coronavirus. So he was just flat out fucking wrong, okay? He wrote an email, quote, masks are really for infected people to prevent them from spreading infection to people who are not infected rather than protecting uninfected people from inquiring. The typical mask you buy in the drugstore is not effective in keeping out the virus, which is small enough to pass through the material. It might, however, provide some slight benefit in the keep out gross droplets if someone coughs or sneezes on you. This is a personal email. This is a guy who's running the frickin' country's response to this. And everyone... He's still in charge of this shit like fourteen months later. He was dead wrong. We're just gonna be like, all right. He's
1: old and nice. Well the you know, the first strike I think was lying about the masks to yeah. reserve stock for doctors. Like there's a better way to address that probably right? than just lying to the American people as you're uh, beginning your relationship with them.
0: Yeah, I I and all of this is just infuriating that he found out that it's not like he kind of just bullshitted his way through this thing and goes out a hero and all I care about and the reason that it pisses me off is that he should get blamed the same way that everyone else got blamed yeah all the people who fucked this up he's also on the list and instead he's like treated as some deity who did everything right and everybody else around him screwed up. And it's like, yeah, I thought Trump sucked at the beginning of COVID. I thought Burke sucked. I thought he sucked. They all sucked. Let's all blame everyone. The entire country's response (laughs) sucked. Don't pick and choose who you thought sucked. Did some people suck worse than others? Yes. Did Dr. Fauci say to inject yourself with bleach? No, okay. (laughs) There are dumber people and there are smarter people, but no one who was really in charge of any of this thing should escape any blame. And these emails that Newsweek uh, wrote about that were, I guess, were obtained by uh, BuzzFeed—they really like it struck a nerve with me when I was reading it. I was like, "This guy is gonna go still to cocktail parties and whatever and be hailed as a conquering hero. He's gonna and he fucked this
1: up." He's gonna go give speeches at colleges he's, for two hundred thousand yeah, dollars a pop.
0: Yeah, he's still dictating, like he's still giving the mask advice.
1: Not it's in like, my house. You- <laughs>
0: like, like you didn't lose any credibility at all. Like you're just <laughs> dead wrong. You're just gonna sit here and be de- and never apologize for it and just be dead wrong. I was yep. like, I've been dead wrong about a lot of things. You know what? People were like, "Hey, you're an asshole. You were dead wrong." And I'm like. Yeah, that's right. You got to eat it a little bit. Jackson Hayes. Exactly. You got (laughs) to eat it a little bit. So, Dr. Fauci, you got to eat it a little bit. I still respect him as a medical whatever, but he also deserves blame. I just don't want anybody saying that anybody came out of this looking great. Everyone looked like an idiot who was in charge of this. Everyone. An idiot. I think that's the statement of Polk and Kush. The tagline of our show. We're Everyone's an idiot, <laughs> <You're> including <laughs> us. It's
1: yeah, mostly leading with us. All right, you want to wrap us up? Yeah, Polk? this has been a fun one. Follow us, Polk and Kush, on Twitter, uh, Polk and Kush at gmail.com If you want to send stuff in, we've got t shirts coming out. Everything's back open, so we are one million percent doing a live event very, very soon. Uh, Like, subscribe, rate, uh, ask Alexa, ask Siri, she'll automatically play us. We're on every single podcast, app, and platform, including Google Music and Amazon. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. I'm Andrew Polk. That's Scott Kushner. We'll talk to you next week. See ya!